Hey guys, we're going live. Um, just welcoming you to the show. Haven't done a live in about a month or so, so I thought it would be fun to kind of hop on on a Friday, late Friday. Hopefully you've got a, a beer in your hand right now. Uh, it's about 12 o'clock here in Maui, and uh, we're not quite at the beer hour just yet. <laughs> we're waiting for some big shipments to, or calls for some big uh, projects coming into the shop today. So um, might get a little hectic if that all happens right when we're doing a live, but makes for interesting podcasting. <laughs> um, I think uh, AVP will be joining us here in a minute or two. Paul was originally on, oh, I don't know, I have to look back at the episode, but it was just a workflow equals cash flow. I remember the name of the title. And it's probably, if you haven't listened to that show or watched that show, it's probably been one of the most important shows to watch. Uh, Paul has a lot of um, experience um, with billing people, um, dealing with customer relations, uh, you know, and through all of those ups and downs of that, he's created incredible billing systems to make sure that he maximizes all of his potential um, and, and productivity. So uh, I can't wait for him to come on again. Of course, you know, things are always up and down in the powder coating industry. Uh, we certainly know all of that, all about that. And I'm sure, I'm sure you do too as well. So uh, just want to, um, you know, kind of promo and introduce him before he gets on. He just gave me like a 10 minute, uh, um, he's running a little late, uh, probably uh, just kind of finishing things up at work. And um, I think it's around four o'clock his time. I'm not sure. He's in Arizona. Um, so if you're on social media, head on over to All Valley Powder Coating, um, AVP. I think he's on Instagram. I know he's on Instagram. Duh. It's AVP Coating on Instagram and then uh, All Valley Powder Coating on Facebook. Um, so go ahead and give them a shout and a like and a subscribe. And um, hopefully we'll have some other people joining us today. Um, I'm going to um, put the link in the description of like, can I do that? I'm going to try to get a link for the show so that anybody can hop on and join us. I think this is this is it right here. So I'm going to copy this. So if you want to come on and in uh, come on the show, say something, say hi, uh, just go ahead and uh, click that link and then follow the steps to click the link and then I'll let you in. Um, we can have up to, I think, six on the show. I'm not sure. I might have to make some changes there, but yeah, I can probably put in about six people if there's that many. Um, hope you guys are having an awesome Friday and uh, had a very productive and profitable week. Earlier today and um, soon to be published is a podcast that I have just recorded with Gima. I'm really super stoked and excited that they 
came on the show. It's taken three years to get somebody as big and industrial as they are. So I was like really stoked and excited to know that they were interested in coming on the show and joining in the conversation um, about custom coding. And I got, I learned a lot from those guys and I can't wait for you to, guys to, I'm going to do some editing to the podcast and probably publish it in the next week or two. So please stay tuned for that. Um, I have also, uh, have to do some editing that I did with, uh, the, um, productivity software called Steelhead, um, Jeff Hanelin. He was an excellent guest. We talked a lot about industry issues and problems and some of which he's trying to solve for us. And um, I, re I really was impressed with him and his deep knowledge of, um, I guess, you know, he just has a really deep knowledge of production and pricing and then capturing your profit margin and the process, the steps, the processes that go into that feedback loop of how you learn, adapt, and then, you know, produce more, better profit, more profitable jobs. And uh, I, I, I wish I was in a position right now to test out and try out his, um, um, his software. It seems really interesting. If you're at a point where you've got a lot of um, you know, uh, you've got a lot of employees and they're all over the place and you think you're losing productivity or profitability when you start to scale with employees, that's definitely a problem you need to solve. And I'd almost encourage anybody to start earlier rather than later because you have to input all this data and you might as well do it while you're not as big because some of these big companies that have these major product product productions and pro, um, projects and um, chains that they have to go through and people and then before they turn it over to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy it's like it can get really um, hard to get everybody on board to get everybody to do the steps that they need to do to enter the data to get it to that point so it's always better to adapt to um, and grow with technology and uh, productivity. And I'm happy that he's actually focused on manufacturing specifically powder coating because I think it's definitely something that's been lacking in our industry for a long time. So again, that one should be coming out at about the same time and super, super stoked and excited that he was able to come on the show. Hold on my order lady. I order from Safeway online and she's telling me which half and half do you want? Okay, uh, that's fine. Just telling her. I'm doing a podcast. I can't take the time to tell you I need this half and half or that one. So, um, all right. So, and anxiously anticipating Paul to come on. If any of you guys also want to come on, just let me know. Probably should check my Powder Coder podcast stream. Make sure we're all good there. Haven't seen it yet. Am I streaming? I do see some people on there. So I know I am. Oh, yeah, there I am. Okay, so we're good. We're definitely good there. Um, glad it's going live. There's also um, probably just want to show you really quick 
that um, some newsworthy Maui Powderworks news. Let's see. Um, we weren't particularly written up about this uh, project, but we did have a huge hand in it. And pretty much everything you see here in this picture is powder coated by Maui Powderworks. Uh, it was an honor to work for this company. Actually, Louis Vuitton is, you know, obviously a very big name here in Maui. Um, this was a complete, I think, gut and remodel of a building. And uh, so it was a kind of a big deal because at the time it started, there really wasn't a lot of construction going on in Maui or like big, big project kind of construction commercial construction going on. So it was, I, I think a lot of people were happy that they were working on that job. It took a long time, uh, much probably longer than we thought to do the job, but it actually came out beautiful. And I was going to actually go there to go look at it, take pictures, but it turned up in the newspaper anyways. So uh, I guess this lady, Diana Witt, she's the general manager of the property uh, where this is down in Wailea. And it says Louis Vuitton store is one of the most beautiful works yet. It embodies a design that is inspired by elements of Hawaiian motifs and culture, but still looks like Louis Vuitton. So uh, we did the, um, all this, uh, I think the store is pretty huge. I don't know. How, it just seemed like it kept going and going and going. So there's lots of little parts here that came in and all of it was powder coated by us. So happy. To, I don't think we powder coated the logo though. That must've come from the mainland. I don't remember powder coating that, but uh, all this uh, trim out um, for the windows and doors was all done and the doors themselves, I think we ended up doing. So that was good. Um, how we're going to capitalize on this uh, is we're going to, uh, we're going to copy these photos. We're going to link this in a Facebook page, this, this um, article. And um, I'm just going to kind of put my little spin on it and say, you know, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. Um, and then, uh, of course, get blessed by Maui Powder Works because they're going through a blessing. And they did just post it up on Facebook. And, um, you know, that's how I promote our local projects that we do. You don't have to kind of go too crazy or out of the box with thinking of something crazy and wild that's never been done before. You just want to kind of be okay with sharing and tooting your own horn, especially if you're very proud of a public project like this. Um, your name's going on it, whether you're listed in the article or not. You had a hand in it. Um, you were subcontracted by it. And I think that um, it's always noteworthy and newsworthy to put it in your feed or put it on your Instagram or you know, put it in your blog or whatever you've got. So um, I just wanted to share that news and how we would use this article in the um, in the local newspaper to um, you know to promote what we've done and how we do it um, here at Maui Powderworks. All right, I'm here finally. Yay! Hello, Paul. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good. <clears throat> forgot today was payday and apparently uh, employees want to be paid. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> tends to happen on a Friday. <laughs> are you are you going to show your your face? I'm trying. Okay. Hold I on. hear you. I hear you perfectly though. 
Okay. I was just saying, um, we just, we didn't get written up, but a public space, uh, Louis Vuitton uh, fancy smancy store got written up in the newspaper, a grand opening, and uh, pretty much we did the whole front facing there powder coated. It's all pretty, it's right. beautiful. Like, you know, we just see parts when they come into the store, right, or shop, and we don't really see some of the other um we don't really see what the end thing is all the time yeah. right so oh, yeah, for sure. uh, when ross came in yesterday and showed me on his phone uh you know this that they actually wrote it up and and talked about it i was like oh my gosh that's be more beautiful than i thought it was going to be like you just see squares and linear you know but you don't see the whole finished project and it's it's so gorgeous to see that finished product you know? right yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Do you charge by linear foot? Uh, no, we just did by the batch. Okay. There you yeah. go. Um, on the other hand, I did. So like one of the things I realized this morning was um, I, I haven't I need to get some um, my my house has like cockroaches. So it's time to spray around the house. And I usually have this company called Bowman Termite come to my house and last year I got it done the house isn't very big it's like 1200 square feet it's not that yeah. big um including the garage right so um I uh called them up now last year I paid 156 dollars yeah to have them spray my house and garage just the inside not the outside just the inside and now I called this morning to make an appointment with the same company I've been using for years and their pricing has doubled. Like yeah. it's $300. And it I'm like, That's the whole does world it? That's I know, the whole world. <laughs> I know. And you know, my thought was, well, this is what happens when billionaires move to Maui. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I have to, I'm kind of guilty with that. I mean, we are charging, the most that we've ever charged. Um, but now I'm like, well, if Bowman can double their prices, maybe I should be both. Maybe I should have a look at my pricing again, but I think yeah. we're good where we're at, but uh, you know, never hurts to look again. Right. But sometimes when you have lots of money flowing into your County or your state or your city, uh, prices tend to go up just because, yeah. you know, people are spending those people spend money and I don't know like you you just it's some I almost felt like a whole double like what's gone on you know like and I asked the guy I'm like on the phone I'm like are you sure that's your price yeah <laughs> he's kind of got mad you could tell he's like ah, got mad at me or something you know but I'm like are you sure that's the price and he's like yeah whatever and I'm like okay yeah, I'm I'm gonna go look somewhere else there was three powder coat shops that were pretty big that went out of business here in January what? So I'm dealing with those customers saying that I'm too expensive. Well, I'm in business. They're not. There's probably. Right? <laughs> wow. So, Can you name names? Who was that? Uh, Glendale Powdercoat. Okay. Um, he sold to a customer from what I heard. Um, Arc Powder Coating sold. Um, either sold or went out of business. And then um, there's another one on the east side I wasn't too familiar with, but the customers keep showing up. Wow. 
Well, I guess that's good for business, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and we got that semiconductor plant here too. So we get a lot of work from that. Right. It's the right. biggest ongoing project in the US right now. Oh, right. Okay. And because the, they're they're the new semiconductors, right? Yeah, Ty yeah. the Taiwanese semiconductor company. Right. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, you guys have some interesting businesses over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'd heard of Glendale before. So they just basically are taking it. They basically their customer bottom out and they're gonna they're just gonna be yeah. doing in house. So I think they're coding. supporting them for a little bit and then he's on to some new venture. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, there's a lot of growth, I mean, to be happening still in Arizona and which yep. is where you're out of. And, uh, you know, Ross and I have been kind of peeking over at Las Vegas. Yeah. I can't believe how much it's grown there. Um, Smooth Phoenix. There's plenty of work here. <laughs> yeah. You could do all the gates I turned down. I know. Right. <laughs> mm, I might tell Ross. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care at this moment like where we end up kind of expanding but um one thing's for sure we definitely need to kind of make it happen um on the mainland for us you know still yeah. want to keep maui powder works going of course um yeah. there's no no problem there as long as there's a willing client um and stuff i hope to kind of keep growing the team yeah. over here and stuff yep. so it's going it's going well but i know it hasn't always you were in a kind of a i guess a rough patch not too long yep. ago with equipment right and electricity and yep something. what tell me all about that never ends um well that and just expenses in general kind of peeled away from us um like media we're one of the few that actually use aluminum oxide mm -hmm. that's like uh, 92 bucks a bag now it used to be 46. whoa yeah so what I started doing with everything is who is it made by or distributed by? And I contact them directly. So come to find out, uh, I think the media is K deer. They haven't raised their prices and don't plan to since 2015. So direct from the manufacturer, I can still get it for 46 bucks a bag. And wow. then in California, it's like $150 for freight. So it's still well, that's not you know, too bad for you order half a pallet, it's right? Huge savings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I same know. thing with gloves. Like the Raven gloves were like thirty something dollars a box. Uh, we went to SAS, who they're distributed by, and got it back down to twelve bucks a box. It seems like it's all over the place sometimes, right? You're wondering so, how can it be so off pricing? You know, like. How can yeah. you go from $156 of like taking 15 minutes, I'm not kidding you, like 15, 20 minutes to do a two bedroom house, uh, leave yeah. me some bait traps at two, like $300. Like, I don't know what's yeah. changed, you know? Well, we did a, I did an internal audit this month and we're pretty good. Like on all our production jobs, like time wise, shop rate is now 300 an hour, not 200. Um, so everything we do on a regular basis, we're still making good money on. It's the, uh, random thermostat housing or intake manifold that we haven't done a ton of where we, we were losing a lot of money. Um, 
So you're just so talking about like restoration. Opener. You're talking about the one-off rest, rest, restoration kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Like in my head, I was still, cause also me personally, I haven't priced things out in a couple of years cause I had someone in this position mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it just, it was a big eye opener, like just timing certain jobs. I'm like, Oh, that wasn't a $25 part. That was 55. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, yeah, there is a, it's funny. Cause I just, um, talked to, I just interviewed Gima. I made a mention of it earlier in the yeah. show when I first started was that, um, you know, they, you know, the price disparity with guns and intro in, entry level guns and then their level of gun yeah. and stuff. And I, I thought that they were being very authentic. I thought they were, I certainly got to know more about the Gima brand by talking to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can see why people, you know, it, it is like the number one gun in terms of market share and people using them, you know, they are, definitely broad base of course everybody it's like the dilemma is always like well how do you know you like you know how do you know you don't like this other brand until you try it right yeah. um, and that's been always like the thing everybody's always gima because they maybe not have only tried gima right <laughs> or yeah. they've only heard bad things about some other brand and so they went this way uh it it's hard it's i think that it's very smart of them that they have such a large presence, but they could probably capitalize on the fact that people are only going to have one chance to try a gun and they're probably yeah. going to like ours. Right. <laughs> you know, so, I've, um, you know, I've tried all of them except sames. Well, you are a rare bird then because <laughs> most guys don't, you know, they yeah. just hear it from their friend or they hear it from, or it's what they used before they got into their own business. And yeah, you know, you don't have, a choice right so yeah. um yeah. yeah i still have nordson's the main gun we went back to the wagner um the newest one was the ms top coat um it was a great gun their product support was just terrible i could we couldn't deal with it anymore yeah so like the trigger uh, broke and then it was under warranty but since I had kind of messed with it because we have a business to operate. Like <laughs> I got it working again, but I'm like, Hey, this is a problem. So it was two grand for a new gun. And then, um, with the new gun, different trigger, different hanging hook and something else. like they fixed everything that was definitely broke, broken on the first one anyways. Yeah. So it's like, why couldn't you just warranty that? And then just getting parts. I had to call the distributor, the distributor called, MS top coat directly and then got a price and then uh, it was just a mess. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, lots of stuff is needs powder coating, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of what we talked about too on the show. Um, I can't wait to uh, publish it. Um, it. It was about product, the product yeah. support and, and all of that. Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not. I mean, there are, going to be people that can't seem to find tips locally and they have yeah. to, you know, it just becomes this really humbug thing. But um, anyways, okay. So, oh, we got Ashton. Why don't you just join the show? Can you click on the link in StreamYard and just join? Um, but Ashton just said, I've used everything besides a Parker Ionics and Sames. 
Yeah. I'll oh, always yeah, choose Wagner. <laughs> yeah, I know. he, Him and Ross do the Wagner thing, um, but Gima has its purpose, in my opinion. Yes, I think it does. Oh, we lost Paul. He'll come back in a, in a second here. Hey, Paul, welcome back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> that back button just gets you right off of there. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you also, um, I kind of invited Justin Marshall. I'm not sure if Justin, I probably should reach out to him and say, hey, we're live if you want to join um, and stuff. But just, you know, I always like Fridays to be kind of a free-for-all catch-up kind of thing. At least that's what my intention is, is to kind of go there. Um, I probably should have gotten the word out a little bit more. Uh, people are probably getting off work and stuff. And I just kind of said, hey, if you see us live, just say hi uh, yeah. later on and stuff. So, um, What's this uh, new pricing tool that you, you stumbled oh, across? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, hold on. I'm just texting. Um, come on. Probably. I need to get better about letting everybody on the show. Um, about the show. Okay, so I have this queued up. Um, let me... Uh, I'm going to share a new, I need to share my screen, stop sharing, and then I'm going to do share screen. I just, I'm going to take a sound bite from this. So here's the, um, uh, the, it, the article, it's in product finishing. It just actually came out, uh, you know, of course they just interviewed me. So I'm like, uh, this is just them printing it, you know, saying what she's saying. Yeah. Um, but I queued it up to where it's like what her, you know, what what's going on with pricing, as we all know, right? It can kind of change. So let me, um, can you see the screen? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to just play it. So she's got a new company called Hey Scotty. Uh, I kind of liked her actually. She's really quirky and very eccentric like me, super futuristic and with a, like a dash, you know, with a, a, a lot of tech background. And, um, but then again, like all over the place, like I am, so yeah. I can appreciate her, <laughs> you know, as a person. Um, but I really do see what her thinking is later on. You got to watch the, listen to the interview. It's really good. But uh, this is what she says about, uh, what the problem, what problem she's trying to solve. Let me give you an example. If you take a look at minimum light prices for powder coating, a standard black glossy color across the United States, the minimum lot prices range from $1 to $875. If you are forced to only go to your local finisher, you have, a, you have obviously a limited number of people you can get services from. If, however, you come to Hey Scotty, I am giving you access to services, finishing services from across the United States. In the United States, finishing services are costing very, very different across the different states because some states have different regulations than others. In general, for example, the West Coast is more expensive than the East Coast or the Midwest. There are certain environmental laws that are going into effect in different states in different times. And therefore, that makes some finishing services a lot more expensive. If you come to Hey Scotty, 
I will give you the finishing service you need with a supplier that is as close to you as possible, but still giving you the quality and exactly the service that you want. So you've talked a little bit about how manufacturers use the tool, how they provide you with the CAD and um, you go from there. The question for PF's audience is how do finishing operations participate in it? If they aren't already involved, what do they need to do to get involved? Please, please come and talk to me and sign up to be a partner. I have I have partners across the United States and these are really good, very high quality finishing shops that are interested in expanding their customer base outside their three block radius. So if you're interested in having your um, services be sold across the United States, come talk to me, come to, go to the website. There's a, there you go. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's more to the interview and stuff, uh, uh, but kind of gives you food for thought on like where the industry is going and how AI in, and, and automation or sort of automating the back end of the, of our industry, you know, I mean, we've got like, there are manual processes out there that will never be replaced, right? It always yeah. be some level of, but to bring that automation to sort of more of the back end of it with when it comes to cost estimating and stuff uh, could be, you know, I could see where that is really kind of help accelerate um, business. I'd be interesting to see how it actually works. Uh, she does it for, um, if you go to her website, it actually works for um, anodizing, um, electroplating and powder coating and something else. I don't know. Um, so kind of a brilliant thing. Um, I, um, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting topic to talk about. Yeah. The, the only thing that kind of worries me about those kind of things is like, how do you know they actually have that many customers looking? Right. That's like the car, uh, the car one that flies around on Instagram all the time. It's, it's just kind of strange. Like you, like people like us that are in the industry and like, even for somebody like me, I'm just a little, I'm a little fish in a gigantic ocean. Yeah. When it, when it comes from like just the, the quality, the size and what I'm working with and what I'm pumping out compared to like, I mean, even him for, for, you know, for, for sake, it's like, it's insane. The, the, the differences when it comes from production to custom to even coding applicators that you've never heard of that are doing, you know, high dollar, huge government jobs that are top secret. Like it's, yeah. it's, well, it's all say over the place. So it's, it's either it's, gonna, it's, yeah, go ahead. Weird. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna either drive, it could either drive business away from custom coders or it could actually, if you're looking to get bigger fast, you maybe by being a partner, you know, I mean, let's face it, she just launched it. I don't know how much people she knows in the industry. I don't know how she's going to get these customers. Um, there's a lot of unknowns there. Uh, earlier when she kind of talks about her background, you can kind of see she knows she's been around, right? You know, like she had a startup and 
struggled with um, getting, uh, you know, money or investment money from people in because her thing was her product was mark you know manufacturing based and they're just not that's not exciting to them that's not you know they want apps that connect people on social media or do this or that they don't you know investors don't want that seed money they don't want to invest in manufacturing let's hope that changes i have been there um i have an app and i did struggle with that as well you know and i don't I'm not promoting that app right now. It was for the vacation rental industry and it was just, it was too hard. It's a big industry to even have a voice in to begin with. So um, I get it. I got her, her side of the story for sure. Maybe I can get her on the show and talk about it some more, but. um, Seems like uh, a a lot of, a lot of corporate stuff to me. (laughs) Well, she says if you upload the CAD drawing to the part, so that's why I was going to like, hmm, maybe we should just try it out, right? (laughs) Just kind of see if she responds, but supposedly you upload the app, the CAD drawing, and then she'll turn around a bid in 24 hours. And then what, you you know, what kind of cut is she getting out of that? You know, she's getting something. It's weird. We already have, I think, you know, us coders that are either owner operator or you're into that next level of things where you have employees that are doing everything i think there's i mean we're already trying to focus on so much as it is like whether you're running the shop and you're making sure there's supplies you're making sure your employees are taken care of or on the other end if you're an owner operator like you have to do everything all the way down to your taxes from ordering everything making sure everything's in stock uh yada yada it's it's this like how much more can we add to our plate as like this i mean powder coating can be very professional and there there is instances where it is and it isn't obviously but like i don't think this industry is going to change away from how blue collar it really is (laughs) you know what i mean so there's like those it's so compartmentalized in my opinion um paul on what you were going through some um, tough time, you know, some, can you tell us more about the problems you were having? Um, you, we kind of got that and then we kind of switched subjects, but. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, there's all there's problems every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Take a That's number. My real job. Fix the problems. <laughs> Look, you should just ask him how many hours did he sleep last night? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't sleep very much. It was really it's getting hot now. It's at night. It's like, uh, I don't know. Not I sleeping. Wish. Starting to get hotter. <laughs> no, yeah, I bought a um a super awesome uh, Davenport oven. Oh a, nice. a 12, 12 footer. Uh it was made incorrectly. Uh he didn't want to do anything to rectify the situation. Uh, drawed more power than he told me, so I had to disconnect two of the burners. But it makes money. That's all electric. that matters. Electric. Nice. Oh, my God. My property manager is standing outside probably complaining about the freaking wood we have out in front of our shop. How, um, much, has, uh, how much has rent went up this year? Cool. <laughs> Don't get me started, brother. My cam, <laughs> my cam went up two cents. And we're already yeah. paying some of the top cam rates in the state. How's that sound? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went from I have forty cents. a month. Is, I went from eight ninety a month to twelve fifty a month. Whoa! Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was at forty two hundred a month. Now we're at forty nine hundred, and I haven't even hit my year where it's supposed to go up like a normal one yeah. percent or whatever CPI. Yeah. Yeah. So they added a cam tax, property tax, sales tax, and rent tax. Before it was just base rent, rent tax, and some sort of cam fee that was never really a thing. Well, you had me going with Arizona, but I'm changing my mind now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the crazy thing for me is it's like I just got my like all my information back on my taxes last night. And it's like I made, okay, give or take $10,000 more than I did last year. And I got to pay out like $7,500 something dollars. And I'm like, yeah. how the fuck? How the fuck does this work? Like, I barely took home enough to feed my family. And you're going to want to hit me with tax another? Rates. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Sam can get fucked, bro. You need a tax attorney. Don't use a CPA. You can get a tax attorney. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to start. Like, this year, you know, I've gone through a lot of changes in the last few months. And, I mean, there's benefits to it. There's negatives to it. I won't get into the nitty-gritty of things, but it's like, uh, a lot more is on my plate now that I have to deal with. And I have to, you know, there's a lot of things that I have to learn instead of just being the coder now. Oh, look so. at that. Ross has to move the fucking wood now. No. In the... <sighs> Anyways, it's a nightmare job that we're supposed to be getting back today. Oh my God. Okay. I got to tell you about this job. So, <laughs> so we get this call from another Island, um, some luxury um, home developer, they ordered these uh, balcony, you know, these lanai windows, you know, open, fully retractable windows from Bali. And uh, the tracks that they came with look like powder-coated aluminum. It looks like aluminum. Uh, but you knew it had a coating on there but we didn't know how they built it. And so they figured out that they took a steel track base. Then they put an aluminum track on top of it. So it's like, it's just a quarter inch steel with like bent up edges to hold the track in place. And then they took aluminum track and, and just basically put a tiny little screw into the steel to hold it there. And the whole thing is painted. Everything is painted. And it, it's painted so well, it looks like powder coat. So we're starting to go kind of take, so they put all these things, it's the wrong color. They wanted a, they wanted us to powder coat it a black color so it looks seamless. So we're like, no problem, just ship it out here. We thought we were just going to be easy peasy, just powder coat over the existing. Oh no, don't deal with a second world country because they fake everything. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. It's all painted. And it, on top of it, it's steel on top of aluminum. How's that going to work? So what, everything's like going to corrode. And, mils thick, right? It was pretty thick. So, so Ross I, stripped a little part. They painted the base, and then they painted the track, and then they attached the track, and then they filled the holes of the screws that the track it sits on. They filled it with like bondo or whatever. I don't even know filler and then they painted it over again so it looks like it's welded but it's not welded it's just screws and like the thing is yeah, yeah. it's really really much, glue. how much do you guys cerakote 
Zero. I, I have I don't. it like the plague, bro. So this is a, a new thing that's been happening. Let's see if... I don't know if you can see it like smoking. The light's Cody's pretty bright. Smoking? The part is smoking? The part is like... It's oh, out. Yeah. I see it. But that's just from the paint drying. It hasn't been in the oven? Nope. We sprayed that probably two hours ago. <laughs> and it's still smoking. <laughs> it's just a, Is that a it, fire it's hazard? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's this, like, I mean, I give it to the Cerakote dudes, and I would love to offer it someday, because I almost get more calls for that. Yeah, I know. powder coating, and it's like... Somewhere, somehow, Cerakote has got this magic voodoo of marketing, so everybody Dude, wants it. they got it. really good marketing, but their product but, sucks. Yeah, so, like, what, what I'm getting to is it's, like, I grew up, you know, my I've told my story a million times. Like, I grew up with a brother that's a pretty well-known airbrusher, pinstriper, custom car painter, so I've grown up around solvents my whole life. And then you kind of bring this Cerakote stuff and, you know, becomes more relevant as you know, the years go on, but it's like, as I've tried it, or I've seen my other friends try it that offer it for a lot of dirt bike stuff. It's like, dude, the margin of error, the window of error that you have with Cerakote over powder coating is like fucking asinine to me, especially for the, the amount that we're paying for the product to apply yeah. it for the customer. Like I can barely yeah. get people to pay me 85 bucks an hour for, you know, my shop rate. Let alone if I had to calculate a shop rate for Cerakote, people would laugh around here. Yeah. I'm going to. Um, here's, here's another Cerakote issue. Speaking of problems. Gonna, oops, sorry. I'm doing something weird. Here we go. Uh, might have another person join in. I think Rich, come on. Rich King is going to come on too. I think he's trying to join. You guys see this at all? Okay, wait. Let me change the perspective here so we can see it wait <laughs> dangle plaques oh, i can't it, like, get it all, right it ran all weird on you oh whoa it's like too heavy or some shit yeah. Our formula again. yeah it's changed like i used to watch my old boss that i originally learned from years and years ago we used to do a bunch of you know headers and shit all the time black or that yeah. stupid chrome shit that they offered yeah and it was halfway decent back then. Like I could spray a couple, you know, a few sets here and there and have really good results staying with the boss and yeah. it was whatever, but we just kind of avoided it. And then as time went on, you know, you're like, okay, I got to fucking go back to this again. Yeah. Formula changes. And it's just like, you're, you're stuck in this. It's almost like you're stuck in your, your rookie days of like yeah. being a, an applicator. Yeah, start all over again. Con- you're like constantly questioning yourself as if we don't question ourselves enough. Yeah. And you're like, then you just become so defeated or like demoralizing. Cause you're like, how, like, why is this changing? And I think, I think a lot of what we're seeing, like just with gloss blacks and the powder side of the industry is it's like, everybody's out, you know, advertising this super lustrous mirror, like gloss black. Yeah, And there's a handful of people that can get it. I mean, I can get it, you know, on the shake of a dice every other day. But then it's like yesterday I tried doing a brow for my buddy's dump truck. And it's stainless. You know, I degreased the ever-living shit out of it. I blast it. I de it. I 
I spent like overtime on making sure it looked perfect for my buddy. I throw it in, spray it, I pull it out, and it's like dirt nib city. Like I just didn't even yeah. fucking care. And you're like, where, where does this go? You know what I mean? Like, how does this happen? And I think a lot of, of those, just with the gloss black, I think a lot of like the cure times, like, I don't think people are taking into consideration that the cure times we're going off of are probably based off a paint chip in, right. in a lab, you know, and like, it, it's, it's weird. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to, I got to send the link here to copy it. Um, copy. Here, I'm just going to send this to Rich. Hopefully he can join. Um, I got a question for you. Has anybody, okay, so we have, we're going to be doing a bike frame and, or, you know, just the whole Harley thing, whatever, all yeah. the parts. And yeah. they want um, illusion. No, wait, what's it called? The green. What's that green called? There's like 16 of them. I know. Stop. Okay, wait. And they're all the same color. Yeah. No, it's Legion that one with that's the yellow one. Apple. No, Legion no, it's shocker. the prismatic one. The, the shocker. Shocker yellow. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Shock, well, shocker yellow is the clear base. And then illusion shocker. Illusion is the shocker, yellow. yeah. Yes. I, pref but I prefer having, using the clear version. He's having uh, the... Uh, gas tank is going to be painted, and I guess his painter's having a hard time matching the shocker yellow. Any tips for the paint guy that's trying to match the shocker yeah, he needs, yellow? He needs a candy. <laughs> he's oh, a, he's a got a yellow. He's good. Yeah, he's going to have to do like some sort of like some chrome base because if you've ever flashed Illusion Shocker, it comes out straight up looking like super chrome with a green tint to it. Yeah. So it's, hey, Rich. Hey. I think that that realm of powder coating we have the upper hand when it comes to custom coatings is like yeah we we can get that weird fake looking chrome effect that I mean liquid guys can too but I think the the process is much more of a you know a mountain to climb. Than well, what I we was have like kind of laughing because I'm like that's usually our problem is th the problem that the painters have. It's yeah. like it's nice to have the painter have that problem. And we don't have to worry, you know, because thankfully we had him pick the color first. <laughs> yeah. Let him figure it out. But he's getting close, I, I guess. He'll figure it out. Ross did tell him we use a silver base, so we'll see. So, everybody, welcome Rich King to the show. Hey, oh, Paul Peters, you said Polaris paint. Okay, I'll check it out. Thank you. I'm going to try to... Just this layout. I can do different layouts, but it's almost kind of complicated things now. So um, let's see if I can do four. Here we go. That looks better. I'm going to switch it out here. Save. Nope, it still turned out the same. Wait, no, here we go. There we yeah, go. Stacked, that looks better. Like boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so just for anybody just joining in, who's who we got Rich King, Rich, where are you, where are you at? And I always forget where you're based. Lapeer, Michigan. Lafayette, Michigan. Lafayette, oh. Michigan. <laughs> I'm always thinking it's like 
somewhere else. I didn't never think. And then we've got Ashton Palmer and from Palmer's Powders, and he's in Idaho. And then we've got Paul Foster from ABB Coatings, and we've uh, he's in Phoenix, Arizona, right? Phoenix. Yep. Okay. North Phoenix. And I, I, I should have had another cup of coffee from this morning. I interviewed Gima and I just, I kind of could have been a little bit more like in my headspace, but I had so much to talk about. It kind of went all over the place, so, but it, I think it was still good. So I'm having a, I just finished my Mexican Coca-Cola. <laughs> Those hit different. Yeah, they well, do. Well, I have, <laughs> I have to say that, uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with Paul, but I surely know Ashton and work is speaks incredible volumes oh man thanks young that's gun, cool young gun man he he kills it every day i mean as an old man i try to hey man uh that's that's one thing about social media though is uh we all just we all just show the good shit no of course <laughs> agree you know what i mean like people i i showed a little bit of the bad shit the last couple this last week because i've been a little grouchy but i think that just comes with the nature of the beast we all try to tackle every day I yeah, used to have uh, Fubar Fridays, and I would post up all the that's fucking awesome, and dude. Mess ups, yeah. I that's love that. Awesome. Maybe we should do Fubar Fridays here. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun. And I've actually had customers like tell me, like, the reason I came is like you actually showed, you know, quality control, like why it didn't leave, and then you know the end result after it was fixed or whatever. Yeah, so, I imagine like, honesty is so important, you know? Yeah. I'm usually the dude that's like, and I'm the dumb fuck, and this happened. <laughs> I mentioned you, Ashton, today uh, in the GEMA interviews. So I did say, you know, like, it's amazing what these, you know, some of these people do with their art, you know, just taking art uh, powder coating instead of being industrial about it, making it more artistic and stuff. And it's just, stuff, you know, but I think, I think we got through to them somehow. I, I would, I would really like to see, I mean, this is like a pipe dream and it's just because I grew up with, you know, like an airbrusher and grew up in that hot rod side of life with, you know, a lot of builders being not necessarily put on a pedestal, but they're, you know, like they were kind of treated like athletes. They were sponsored. They had, you know, companies sending them things to, you know, I mean, obviously Gima and Wagner and all these companies are, I, in my opinion, I think from an outsider's perspective and a consumer's perspective, looking at it, it's like, yeah, the, the liquid industry is forefront of what everybody looks at when it comes to, to finishing and mm -hmm. like really good results. But if you look at the cost of a unit with a Gima or a Wagner, or even if you go down the line, even to a $2,000 gun, those outweigh the amount that it costs to build a sick top of the line liquid spray gun right now. And yeah. I, I think that's, you know, that it goes to that, you know, huge company type area where, you know, it's like Gima doesn't need to be handing out guns or needs to be, sponsoring or whatever you want a, a different word to pick for that but i just wish that you know these companies were more involved like you look at prismatic i mean people can say certain things about prismatic and the quality of the powder but at the end of the day i think they're trying very hard regardless of like how your spray booth looks or what kind of finish re result they're doing they're putting people out there they're giving people a platform and they're they're really interested from the, the very 
small dude cooking in his wife's oven doing his valve cover with it with an eastwood gun they don't give a shit and like i would like to see that you know be stretched further up the chain of like you know these companies being more involved with not just the you know going to the 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 applicators that are dumping hundreds of pounds a day you know it's i think there's a totally different side of this world that uh, it it needs to break through (laughs) yeah couldn't agree more i was at gima headquarters two years ago uh my son jack we went uh to their their school and and i had an opportunity to talk to quite a few of the uh leadership folks and then also just the regular sales guys and i said you know you guys are missing the custom market so big um you're you're considering you know the the large scale industrial operations but there are so many custom coders out there that you guys just ignore and i mean I wouldn't say ignore, but this kind of overlook, you know, and, and I run, I run Gimas from, from day one and I run a pro and a two B both and they're phenomenal guns and I'm not taking anything away from anybody else, but as far as the customer service and the things go there, it's horrible and they know it, but they don't care. I mean, it's because it's they're making millions. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's just say billions. <laughs> they're making yeah. billions off of like, like, I mean, think about how many setups that are around, like, okay, you're in Michigan, the other guy's in Arizona, she, and, like, I mean, Hawaii's, like, a, a, a fucking hard feat to, to any kind of manufacturing standard, but I think if you kind of look in your general area and how many manufacturing plants have, like, a GEMA setup in them that you have no idea about, and there could yeah, be, I right. guarantee you there's, I guarantee you there's, 20 to 100 and just washington state alone sure you know i'm like think about the the volume and the money that they're making just off of one state let alone to the 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 vast majority of let's say 35 or 40 states no doubt it's right it's insane so yeah they're gonna overlook us they're gonna and that's even it even boils down to like even cardinal and ppg and and some of the bigger box name powder companies they they look at me and laugh dude right they look yeah. at me and laugh like oh you can save five pounds of paint for six months right <laughs> you know like they don't yeah. they don't they could care less there's where i'm a fucking uh, sneeze in a rag to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think that was part of the podcast today was just kind of talking around that uh and you know um how can the how can the gun manufacturers pivot or help the workforce problem um, and educational problem that we're going to be facing as an industry, right? As a greater industry, because we're set to grow so fast and, um, and uh, you know, all of us are set to grow. I'm happy with where we're at with Maui Powderworks. I see a lot of upward growth in terms of market share and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's like, to, to, you know, today's garage coder is tomorrow's, you know, you know, guy that's growing, you know, and getting bigger square footage to take on more jobs, you know. Look at, look at Tom, look at Tom Espo from Espo's Powder Coating. I think he's, I, I would say hands down, he's probably one of the most successful, you know, self-made powder coaters in the industry of our time. 
Well, he was the one first written about, you right. know. Like it's it's insane. Like the There's where he's came, Terry. where where he's came from and where he's at. Like where what he's got going now is like it's insane. I'd love to have him on the show. I think he'd be great. And he's um, hilarious. He's fucking yeah. hilarious. Is he? Yeah, and then like you got uh, one of his best friends. He's like a you know he's a metal polishing guy. And Nick, oh my god, the the stories those two just post and rant like just rant about is it's you know our industry comic comical gold. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I just you know I my thought was well, Jay, geez, if you could offer like a lower price gun, you know, it probably make it a little bit more entry level friendly you know to get more coders involved you know but at the same time there's a sticky situation with that though because if yeah, you go lower if you go lower lower you know price on a gun it's like what i'm dealing with right now i have i'm stuck using a knockoff right now and it's like pulling teeth for me every day because when you go from a gun where you can tell the gun what you're what you want it to do and yeah. you've kind of built this relationship with this gun that it's giving you back, you know, the registration that it's doing what you're telling it to do. And then when you, you have a gun that, you know, you're maybe 50% off of what you're asking it to do is a, that just, that, that like, you know, snowballs downhill of just creating bad habits for future coders. Yeah, that's true training them the wrong like way. then you're just then you're compensating you know like you're mm -hmm. compensating 90 percent of the time to get that you know 90 percent, 95 percent approval before you're putting it in the oven instead of just you know pulling and and going and, and being confident that what you just laid down is going to be you know to your perfection well one of the one of the things that you know when when people start uh, talking about Gima, they talk about the Wagner, they talked about the the Sames, uh Kremlin, uh, all these things. The the one the one factor that you have to look at, and that is Gima has more guns in the professional powder coating industry than any other maker, and so that's got to say something. I mean, worldwide, they are the number one for what the last 30 years too yeah no <laughs> like, uh 20 they said they've been yeah. stra strapping bootstrapping yeah, up yeah. yeah so so you know when when you when you look at the that and and people want to say you know wagner nordson and i mean it's like you know cadillac and you can throw that nordson out the window if you ask me i love my nordson <laughs> Ross <laughs> just shot at Nordson in Las Vegas when he went to Las Vegas, and now he's like totally in love. He wants. I one. haven't. I haven't used the Nordson since the Versa spray too, and now they just came back out with it, and they call it the Vintage. So, oh, I haven't I have used. The, a, I haven't used a, a new age Nordson. So <laughs> the uh, the saying in my shop is, "It's not the wand, it's the wizard." Exactly, my friend. <laughs> well, the only. Yep. The only gripe I will say that I wish Wagner would do is I wish they would copy Wagner's uh, or I wish Gima would copy Wagner's slope control and their double click feature. If if Gima did that, it they it would sell me on it. Like I mean, give me a, give me two days in a spray booth with you with a Wagner 
and you would be like, holy shit, like there is yeah. things about this gun that a Gima does not do. But then there's also things that I can get my Gima to do that, fuck, right. you might as well run. Oh shit. You might as well just run the Wagner over with, with the truck. What just happened? I missed that. My fucking oh. was real. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, when I was there and in their lab and stuff, and then I had a chance to talk to uh, Chris Merritt. And, mm -hmm. and he's I, so nice. He's a great guy. And I, and I also uh, was at uh, PCI 202 when he was there, and I, I also had some additional uh, conversations with him. And I said, you know, uh, the, the, the custom powder coating world, is in love with your guns. I mean, there there are a lot of them out there, and I don't think you guys really realize how many are out there in the custom side of things. And you, you guys just don't market to that. You just market strictly to the industrial side. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, and, and it's the, the typical nod your head type of thing. Uh, but but again, uh, there's a whole market there, you know, and and they just kind of just don't don't pay attention. Well Here's my here's here's my in your in my summary on all of that is advertise everywhere and then restrict access. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make it hard for them to get the product. I, I don't get I think, that, but you know, whatever, you know. I think the also like the the head nod or the eye roll towards the the custom, you know, coder aspect with with schema is not a lot of these dudes can just throw down six you know, $6,800 on a gun right then and there. Right. And I mean, I would, I would love to be swayed. I would love to have a GEMA rep come in here and bring me a demo and really, you know, peel my brain back and let me pick his brain on how, you know, on how and what the gun actually does. So I have a better understanding of it. I've, I've never had that opportunity like I have with a Wagner rep. Yeah. So like in my area, the Wagner reps are, you know, by the dozen and I would say half of them, are, you know, relay good information, but then there's the other half that, that do or don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this earlier before everybody hopped on, but you know, the thing is, is, uh, you tend to be like in the camp that you are because you didn't have another opportunity to try something else, right? You either work for somebody that had a GEMA or a Wagner or a Parker, and you just stick with that because that's what you know. But if you were given the option to choose from, you know, like a place to go to equally try them all out, then you could make a better selection for yourself. I don't know, better for your team. Who knows? But, you know, it seems to be like, you know, yeah, I mean, you're in that camp. Yeah, if I had fuck you money, I would probably have one of everything. Like I'm really, I'm really curious to like get my hands on a Seamus and fuck with the Seamus for a month to see how well it works. But then it's like, you know, I'm so, like I said, I'm so akin to having that slope feature with the Wagner that it's like, you right. can really be careless and come out with a stupid fucking cool finish. And then I can set the, the Wagner to one setting and do like six coats without zero back ionization. Right. <laughs> Well, and that, I mean, I'm sure you can do that with with the GEMA. I'm not saying right. you can't, but right. what I see with the GEMA is people always just have their KV and their microamps just fucking to the moon, and they're still they're you know they're double, triple, four coating things, and you're like, damn, like that 
that's the code I want to crack and I want to understand because, I mean, I'm a cup gun guy, so it's like I'm using half the air, half the power, half, you know, half of what you guys have to do to push through a hose. And, I mean, maybe that's where I have the upper hand because I can manipulate how much I'm feeding really down to the, the, the very point. Like you can't out of a box fed unit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know, with the GEMA Pro, um, I've had my Pro B now a year and a half, and then I've had my 2B for three years, and then I had a 1B for two years prior to that. So I've went through the whole gamut. I use my 2B as a primer gun, strictly as a primer gun, oh, and my nice. Pro gun is, is for colors. <clears throat> and good friend of ours, uh, Clint Olson, uh, Pro Coat, uh, powder coating in uh i think saucier mississippi is where where clint's at uh he got me on to uh using fluidized hoppers on so many yeah. standard colors off from and switching from the box feed yeah. feature and using fluidizing hoppers and i'll tell you it's been a game changer there it really yeah, then that's yeah. when you can really dial down <laughs> really does and that gema will do you know you go in your settings and then you switch it over back over to fluidizing versus box and you've got a whole nother you, know, you got a whole, whole totally different gun <laughs> you're right I, I haven't used my corona ring in six months uh i just don't need it what were the what were the benefits that you were seeing using the corona ring because i've been curious about it myself well here's something that's, that's interesting about that and we did this in the gema lab uh with uh with one of their with one of their tech guys who's pretty smart and he said watch this we put the corona ring on and clint olson was also there uh, for this uh uh little test they did they took two flat panels they put the corona ring on they did three passes on a piece of aluminum they took the corona ring off did three passes identical on the same piece of aluminum we put them in the oven we pulled them out now this was the first coat we pulled them out in the mill thickness on the one with the corona ring was double of what <laughs> the second panel was without a corona ring and that was the first coating so they could not explain that they could not explain why the coating is thicker with the ring on there. Of course, we know it captures uh, ions that are floating around and reduces uh, the BI aspect of it, but they themselves could not determine why the mill thickness was thicker with the ring on versus the ring off. See, in my, my experience with the Corona ring, you get better transfer efficiency. Yeah. So it might, might just be as simple as that. More, more is actually just sticking. Yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah. That's what you were definitely seeing on that first coat for sure. And so yeah. what you, but what, what you realize though is, and it, it proved this is, is so once you've got that base coat on and now you're going to a second or a third and people think I need the Corona ring to knock down the back ionization, you're building your mill thickness almost two to one without it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can really, if you don't know what you're doing, can cause you more of a problem. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's a $500 option. In other words, I bought my Pro, and the Corona ring I had for the 2B <laughs> doesn't fit the Pro. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> so they get you for another 500 bucks for the for the Corona ring. I have it. 
yes, I use it sometimes if we're shooting uh, a candy or a heavy metallic or something. But most of the time, it just sits in the tray in the gun, and I don't use it. But uh, but interesting, interesting little test we did at the in the GEMA lab itself. So yeah, we did talk about that. Um, there's a I, I didn't want to give it all away on the podcast because it's going to come out, and they did an excellent explanation. Um, I, I would suggest you viewing it on YouTube because um, both guests offered different different ways of uh, visually understanding uh, the voltage and currents, uh, you know, adjustments on their guns and stuff when they're manually coding and stuff. But it was all based on this article in Product Finishing Magazine. Uh, from Jeff Hale. So Jeff Hale's the marketing director for GEMA. And right. so um, uh, I, I will try to edit that one so that that part of the show kind of comes more to the first part of the show. So you're not having to listen to the whole show, although I'd love for you to listen to the whole show. But, um, you know, maybe I can edit it so that that part of the show kind of is at the very beginning, <laughs> you know, because it's a really important part that kind of came towards the end of the interview. But um yeah, it was a, it was a good show, and I can't wait to uh, produce it um, and stuff. So, how big is your shop, Rich? I've always been curious um, about how big you are, and you know more about your shop. Tell us what you've got capabilities. Yeah, so so right now I have a uh, up to I can run up to sixteen feet. I have sixteen foot of oven. Uh, I've got. Um, my, I'm, I've got kind of a luxury here because I have chemical stripping in one building. Mm. I have sandblasting in another building. I have a powder booth and oven in one building. And then directly joined next to that is powder storage, customer parts, uh, supply storage, and whatnot. So um, if you put everything together, my buildings, uh, I'm probably, you know, in that uh 5000 square feet uh, uh arena um mm -hmm. my son was with me for uh, the last uh, 2 years uh he came uh he got laid off during the pandemic came started working for me uh jack and then uh he he uh he got an incredible opportunity to go uh to a big uh industrial shop out in Wyoming wow Did interviewed him hired him and i mean he's their lead off guy right now 23 years old and it's just killing it. I'm just, I'm proud as hell of oh, but, you. Should uh, be. But he left me in October, last October. So man, I'm back to a one man show and I am <laughs> This oh, old man, man. killed daily. I'm getting killed. Are uh, you wish look, I could. looking for someone? Yeah, I've, I've got a couple uh, folks, a uh, couple retired guys actually that have approached me and said that uh, they're willing to come a couple days a week to give me a hand because I've got a ton of industrial. I've got a ton of custom. I've got, um, you know, um, batch stuff, <laughs> batch stuff. I've got, you know, anything, you know, the normal stuff, like what we all have. But, uh, then I've also got a couple of big manufacturing companies that, uh, that I, I do some aerospace stuff and, you know, it just, I've got the gamut, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've got all of it. Well, I'm I'm voting for you to start your own regional powder 
powder school to train up the workforce if you can manage that with a 23 year old <laughs> never mind your own son because you know how hard it is to train family right yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that's a wonderful accomplishment rich i'm glad you shared yeah. that with us yeah he's uh jack uh jack king he's reached out to ashton i think and he's talked to nick bowcut he was a big time custom coder and was so against industrial so against it and then they literally uh, did a phone interview with him and called him back and hired him 20 minutes later. And oh he's running their, their day shift uh, powder coat line. And, and, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. And yeah, Nick, Nick Bocut's pretty much, uh, I would say, in my opinion, like that, that dude gets to do the shit I dream about doing every day. <laughs> yeah, great coder. Yeah, he's. I met, got to meet Nick uh, at uh, PCI 202. He and I were in the same class together and we got to chat and, fantastic young man and man does he do some great finishes just you know what's awesome. the name of his what's the name of his he um... works for uh jb jb laser hmm. out of boise okay i thought he was i thought he owned his own shop and he's like no dude i work for somebody else and i was like what wow yeah he does some great work oh here we go in boise big... you said yeah okay i'm gonna they do a lot of like they do a lot of you know, diesel wheels. And oh, shit. they're following us, but I hadn't followed them back. Okay. So I got them now. Cool. Yeah. Nick, uh, I, you know, I had like a little panic attack when I had to switch back to my old gun and Nick's like, dude, the shit you were doing with the Gima years ago was like, made the whole world stop. He's like, just fucking deal with it, dude. He's like, you, you'll be fine. You know, it took me about a week to finally be like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can pretty much talk about anything. Let's see. Um, I think. Uh... Well, you know, Kim, one thing, one thing that I, I, I think would be a good, you, you hit on it a lot with your podcast and whatnot, but here's something that I, I get probably, I probably talked to five I would say on average of five to maybe 10 coders a day, different coders around the country mm -hmm. that, that contact me. Hey, Rich, what do you think about this? Or I contact them. Hey, what do you think about uh, this? Have you, you know, we, we laugh. I swear I, de I deal with that more than I actually paint every day. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, I tell right, people, I tell yeah. people how to powder coat every day for free. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep that's it. That's it. We, we, we got to do something about that. Yeah, you know, you cry on each other's shoulders. You lend support. <laughs> you, you, uh, you know, you you tell man the, the the customer horror stories. You show off your your good work. You show off your screw ups. You know, but the point of it is, is that in the powder coating industry, it's almost like a buddy system. You really need you really need that confidant, that person that you can reach out to. And and. I, like Ashton said, I mean, I spend half the day, my wife will tell you, it drives her crazy because somebody's calling me, Rich, what do I do about this? What, what you got to fix for this? Or what would you do? Or how do I fix this? And I don't mind because when I started out, people did that for me. Yeah, but yeah. I just think that, you know, if, if I were or again, back starting brand new out again, I think it's important, um, you know, that, that you find somebody that you can trust that gives you reliable information and it's and that you can talk to them and you can build a, a relationship. I've got four or five guys that I mean I talk to them every single day, damn near. Uh 
and and we bounce things off one another and we try things and we say, have you tried this powder? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Man, this stuff is junk. All oh, this is good. You know, this customer I want to kill, you know, and you, you need that. You really do yeah. in this industry. You need support from the others around you. And I have several coders in my area and I'm friends with all of them. I send them jobs all the time because <laughs> I can't get to it. I don't want it. It's too big. It's too complicated. Hey, guys, come to my shop. Rich, can you help me out? Yeah, I know you got that big chem tank. Can you strip some wheels for me? Yep. Yep. What are you charging? Ah, we'll figure it out. We'll do something here. Rich, I need powder. Can you sell me some powder? Yep. I can sell you some powder. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not. I'm the same I, way, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, I'm trying to help the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, uh, you want to shop me with your prices? Just call me. Rich, what yeah, I'm, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to stop me. You know? I, I think the 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 coolest thing about, I mean, shit, I got a handful of dudes that you know daily or at least once or three times a week or whatever. Between, I got friends in Canada, I got friends in Australia, I got people in Arizona, I got people in Texas. You know that are they're coming to me to give them confidence in a sense, like they're you know like they're second guessing themselves. They'll come to me with questions. But what I kind of find, especially now that he talks about it, is I feel like it keeps us, you know, I mean, for some reason, you know, people look at my stuff and they just freak the fuck out. And it's like, what I do isn't like I, I figured out the Da Vinci code, dude. Like, <laughs> it's not, if you just sit the fuck down, chill out, and just take the time, like, stop worrying about how much time is money. You know, if that's what the customer wants, that's what you got to give them. You got to devote the time. And I think, you know, I've had the upper hand in the sense of I spent a lot of time and my money trial and error. Like, luckily, yeah. I had an industry that gave me the opportunity to just go buck wild every time I was doing something. So, like, yeah, I may have the upper hand in that aspect. But when it, going back to, like, people asking me how to do this or how to do that or what should I do? I fucked this up and this and that. And it's like it keeps me fresh. It keeps me fresh and it, it reminds me of how to do things because I don't know if you guys are like this, but I forget more than I know every day. You know what I mean? And it's like you can step in the booth just after you've cleaned it. It's perfect. Your hooks are bare. Your your ground is perfect. And then you, it looks like it's the first time you've ever shot gloss black. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. so it's like you know, refreshing those just like your process and telling things and also things change every day, man, like gloss black or, or silver and candy might've sprayed fucking beautiful yesterday. And tomorrow mm -hmm. it's going to be a different temperature yep. and the pressure in your shop is going to be totally different than it was yesterday. So right. you just yep. have to kind of learn how to accommodate. And I think we're all perfectionists and we're all our own critics. So like, I think what we, what our eyes are trained to see, 90% of our customers, not saying that you should push out bad shit, but I think some days we have to like take a step back and look at like PCI's like, you know, what is the footage range on like imperfection or like something right. falling in? Like there's things out of our control in this industry, whether it's in the paint booth or it's impacted in your gun or if it's in your oven, like, or if it's in the, the, the air system in your shop that's heating and cooling your shop, like, 
there, there's so many aspects of things that can make things go wrong or whatever, but like, we have to kind of step back, take a breath and just be like, this is what this is. You know, like we're giving you our best effort. We're giving you the best product. We're not cutting any corners and, and shit just happens sometimes. Right. You know, we, Ross and I have been talking about this because we're thinking about expanding. We know we need to expand to um, the mainland. You're coming um, home. <laughs> if you guys come home, I'll shut my business down and move to Vegas. <laughs> I was actually going to tell you to come here and live in my house and you powder coat. But, um, but you know, some of what we – some of the kind of thoughts that we've had about it is – could we establish a sort of a, I don't a lab, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, where we could invite, you know, um, people like yourselves down to the shop. I mean, it's a destination. So, you know, maybe, you know, you could get some fun time in too, right? Some vacation time in there and, and just record you, you know, record... Mm -hmm you know um everything it could be like the pod just, it could be like actual on-site podcast a mind it, dump you know it, of, it could be everything <laughs> yeah because it's these little things especially with restoration you know everything is just you have to just it's a just different altogether it's different for new versus old yeah and it would be so nice if we could somehow capture it uh the way right um of you know there's idiosyncrasies with all of us right and i'm not saying make one big giant you know uh batch of cookies but like you know there's a perspective that you bring rich and there's a perspective that palmer and even um paul uh from avp that can you know and that's that's the benefit of me having to have interviewed so many people thus far with the podcast and the perspective that I bring to it is that you all are wonderful. You are all friends and you all bring something to the table and you have something to offer. And it would be so nice if there could be some kind of an online something, um, you know, to, to, to get this information out to the greater public um to grow the business um it could be like a wikipedia of powder coating yeah right you know, and and i brought this up uh at one of the schools i was at and i said you know uh columbia coatings has a school to shoot their to learn how to shoot their gun and gima has a school to learn how to shoot their gun and you know wagner and, and norton and some of these other ones all have their own little school to mm -hmm. shoot their gun and to use their gun and repair their gun. But and Joey, Joey yep. from Powder X, you yep. know. Yep. But there is not, there is not a a a school out there. And and I'm an old guy, right? I mean, I've <laughs> I'm not I'm not uh I'm slowed. I've traveled my whole life. I'm done traveling. But if somebody wanted to come up with a consortium and you mm -hmm. take Roro, okay, you take Mr. Speed. You take Ashton and you take, uh, you know, your restoration people and you made 
a week school, not not going to Powder Week down in Orlando to listen to Gima guy talk and to listen to TCI Powder guy talk. Yeah, see, like those those kind of classes would do nothing for me. Like we, to go to go listen to just people talk all day. Like I, oh, I need right. to be. No, I need yeah. to be but I'm like, saying, right? I'm saying you have a lab set up and you bring Roe in and you have him you know show his how he's doing wheels and you bring robert soka in and he does the two yeah, you bring yeah. in, you know that's <laughs> robert where soka is the goat everybody's <laughs> specialty yes. yeah and, we, and you we, know you just have a breakout session and you have that in the lab though and you charge for it of course to bring these guys in and to have them give you a week school can you imagine what you could get if you brought the best custom powder coaters in the, in the world Mm-hmm. for a week and each one of them had six hours of that lab to show you their skill yeah oh that's my what i'm thinking you know but how <laughs> yeah i well, mean i i you know obviously i i texted just you know when i when we were kind of just tossing this idea around you know i just reached out to you know just a few couple things you know a uh, c- couple guys and um everybody said Yes, I'm in. Right. I mean, these are influencers in the market, some of which are mentioned here uh, today right now. And yeah, let's do it. I mean, we've got nothing to lose. Right. Don't call me an influencer, please. (laughs) (laughs) We've had this conversation before. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not an influencer with my gray hair and glasses. Like if I'm if I'm influencing you to powder coat, I am so fucking sorry. <laughs> like you have you're gonna have nights of sleepless anxiety. You're gonna go to bed thinking about the stupidest littlest part you gotta do tomorrow, and then you get to the shop and you forget to do it. Yeah. Like it's I think I, I don't like I'm I would say like the whole influencer thing is rad. I'm not discrediting that hustle at all, but like at the end of the day, I I don't know why I can make myself marketably appealing. It's just, it comes with nature. I was born at the end of the, the working man age and the beginning of the technology boom. And I just learned how to talk on social media for some reason, but right. I, I would say You're the like, anti-influencer influencer. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm just doing it naturally, whatever it is. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's like I'm coming into my 30s and it's like, where, where else am I going to go with my talents or my skill set? Like, yeah, I want to continue to have my business running and, and maybe some days I could pass it on to my kids or my you know, I could sell it and, and give it, give something to my kids or whatever it may be. But I, I'm, you know, I think it just comes from like me growing up racing BMX and, and teaching the little kids how to ride and have, you know, you know, the proper pro- posture and yada, 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 yada. But I think that's kind of where my brain goes is like, I would like to be teaching or just something within the industry to spread awareness. Cause it's like, at the end of the day, I think if you look at a, a major production shop that is just spitting shit out and they have it, it's not not that it's not professional or anything, but the, the, the quality isn't there. Like what it would be like on, you know, what's coming out of my shop or what's coming out of your guys' shops or or whatever. Like 
there's a huge divide where like I used to be a coding applicator for somebody and I hated my job, you know? So I had to figure out some way to keep what I knew that I was good at. Cause where else was I going to go at, you know, 26, 27 years old, what was I just going to start over in life and climb back up the ladder? Like right. I had to make, I had to make what I was good at interesting to me again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you, you know, found like, your passion. For sure. I feel like there's a lot of coding applicators out there that are going to work every day for maybe their boss is oh, an definitely. asshole or maybe they're they're making a shit wage and they're throwing down, you know, like they're in there doing a good job, but they're, you know, like they're struggling mentally because this isn't an, in, it, this is not an easy industry to be in, whether you're an owner operator or you're an owner and you have operators for you, or you're just an operator or you're just a sandblaster. Like I've had friends kill themselves because of this job. And I would like to see, you know, not only just a push for, you know, information to be put out there, but also like there's a side of this industry that is actually enjoyable. There is sides of this that you can achieve, you know, like, and I think that needs to be broadcasted more instead of just like it being so gatekeepy and right. Right. You know, it's. Well, I, I think, Rich, I disagree with you. I think you are an influencer. <laughs> I think you are um, in your in your own way and in your own level of support that you give everyone on Facebook and stuff like that. So uh, please take that to heart. But <laughs> second, secondly, you know, um, those schools or programs that we're talking about right now that are out there, they're only giving you like what it's like to coat something new, like a panel or something. They're not training you to do the restoration side of it. And that is a huge, huge gap. Um, And a huge, you know, like that's really where the questions start to come, right. Is through restoration and stuff. So uh, I think there's a huge miss there. Um, and there always will be because the average custom coding shop isn't just doing new stuff. Do we like to do new stuff all the time? Sure. Right. But we don't always sure. have that I'm, option. We have to have other things in place, right? Processes in place. I hop and skip when new stuff comes in my door. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also, I also think like, I mean, the ease of doing something fresh and new is always just amazing. But I think, I think why we all keep waking up and coming back to doing what we're doing is like, you know, I grew up sanding cars and painting and sanding and painting and sanding and painting and sanding. And there's nothing more defeating than doing body work and painting and sanding. And then it's still not straight or, or whatever it may be. I think there's something about powder coating that is like instant gratification. And Mm -hmm. if you're good at what you do, powder coating is, is, fucking brainless i'm sorry to say that it, it may be offensive to some people but like for me to the, the dumbest thing is is like when i'm powder coating 90 percent of the time i'm listening to a podcast <laughs> or i'm listening to an audiobook and that's when i perform the best because my brain well, you're dropping out that's i yeah like my brain is over here doing something else but mm-hmm. then at the same time, my body, my body has is so used to just muscle memory of doing stuff mm-hmm. that it's like, that's when I'm calm. That's when I can focus, and that's when the best work comes out of me. Is when I'm, my brain is being fed something that is making me learn something else. You know. Well, you're a super creator. 
you know, that's weird. a that's a super creator. That's what a super creator does. But I know with Ross, like when it comes to restoration and something comes up in the shop, you know, comes to him and the guy's looking at him, can you do it? Can you do it for cheap? You know, like, I swear <laughs> to God, he has, he has like, he has like, uh, you know, he almost, it, he feels it in his whole body, you know, like, oh, I remember when I did this the last time and it was effed up and then I got lost out on the job. You know, like he just has this whole muscle. It's more than a muscle memory. It's a whole body thing that just where he remembers that memory. And then he's like, um, no, you need to, you know, like we need to charge this much. You know, I'm sorry. We can't, you know, now we're just like pushing jobs back on people. It's like, no, we're not charity case people anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah, You know. Um, I, it's, I do. it's wild to me to just hear the price differences from like yeah did you hear that the, yeah the amount of what the amount of what i do you know that most people won't do when it comes to custom stuff or two-tone stuff or just off the wall crazy stencil work it's like you know people don't even want to pay me what i'm worth here but then you, you hear about what people are making in arizona or what people are making in florida and it's just like what? Well, we're all going to be saved by uh, Steve Nelson's um, app, right? Pricing app. <laughs> I think that's what he was wanting to create, right? Was a pricing app for us all. I don't know. Yeah, that would be sick to have like a national, like a booklet, a national cost of what every powder coating shop could go by. Yeah. Whether, you know, I mean, I understand certain, like I live in Idaho and Idaho used to be, you know, a, fairly easy state, you know, fairly affordable state to live in. You know, obviously I don't think anywhere is like that anymore because of just, you know, the economy and how the world is and yada, yada, yada. We could go on for days about that shit. But if there was a national database, database of, you know, what a linear foot on gate should be, or what a linear, you know, a linear foot on ornamental gate should or handrail or whatever it should be. Or even just all the way down to a valve cover, an intake manifold, like, you know, like there should be like, just like there is for any of the mechanic shops, there's a database of how many hours it's going to take, whether or not that mechanic is inclined to do it and less or not, that there should be, you know, I don't know why there's not. There should be well, a database think... for big industrial shops. There should be a database I... for yeah. manufacturing. I wish... I wish Paul was still here because, you know, he really, he does it by the hour and I, I, you know, he's really worked hard at his pricing. And I think that's the most accurate uh, way to go about doing it. It's more, most technical and most accurate. People get but, gold, people get cold feet though. When you say my shop is ran at an hourly rate. Right. right that's true. Customers like, that's, mean, yeah. That's the shitty thing. Like I get, you know, five to 20 phone calls a day and what is, come out of their mouth the first thing i ever say anything they don't even say hey how's it going it's hey can you give me a price on yep. this that or the other and it's like it, yeah i'm gonna give you a price but it's not gonna be guaranteed because i don't know what it looks like i don't know how much paint's on it if there's any paint on it like right or how big it is or what color you want or yada you yep. know there's just so many ladders we got to climb up and i know I, that's I think, that's why i came up with the rim cost thing I was driving myself crazy with Ross. I'm like, I don't he was losing money left and right. Afford, I don't see how people can afford spending, you know, seven to $10,000 on building a chemical strip setup. Like that's, 
Fucking. <laughs> That's asinine. the argument of the hour with the Scots right it's now. <laughs> fucking crazy. I'm like, I need it so bad, but I can't. You can have it. <laughs> I can't. I can't afford it. Let alone like. Okay. I'll ship I can you barely... ours. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Ross is not impressed so far with our tank. I can. But... I can barely breathe with the shit I'm using right now in a little mm. tiny bucket, stripping little tiny yeah. parts. You know, it's oh. like. What is a what is a huge system gonna do in here when you know? I I kind of you know realized in the very beginning, uh, making as many screw ups as I did learning. You know, the number one thing you gotta have is you gotta have good blasting and you gotta have a good chem tank. You got to be yeah, it's, you have to that and a good air compressor. Yep, and so um, you know I had I fabbed up mine, had mine fabbed up and. I bought uh, an IBC from Benco just before the pandemic. So I had 275 gallons and it takes 250 to fill my tank. And, uh, and then I, uh, what are you doing to neutralize it? Then I, then, uh, and, and here's a, uh, something that, uh, I'll throw out there. It's a little trade. I wouldn't call it a trade secret, but it's something that I stumbled into mm-hmm. and, um, I had had a neutralizing tank, and last winter uh, it was really cold, uh, typical Michigan. And I'm rinsing parts in the neutralizing tank, and I'm rinsing them, and I'm neutralizing them, I'm rinsing them. And I noticed that the tank was getting really strong. Not not the, my primary, not my big five foot tank, but the IBC rinse tank was mm. now becoming an additional chemical strip tank with a ton of water on top of it. So what that has mm-hmm. allowed me to do now is I'm still working off, my, my tank is still full off my original uh, 250 gallons. What I do now is, is let's say I'm, I've got wheels that I'm not gonna get to till next week. I'll take them and put them in my uh, quote unquote. Yeah, slow, all the- Free, yeah. free strip. Free strip that works absolutely beautiful as a so are you using B17? And and then yeah. and then I'll, then I'll bring that out, of course. And then I have another a neutral, a dedicated neutral tank uh, for for neutralizing. But I just stumbled into it. But my original rinse tank, because I didn't drop the pH in it, with uh, got behind on putting in my baking soda and my uh, trisodium phosphate, became a secondary strip tank. Wow, greasy, nasty stuff. It never goes in my good tank. It goes in that. No. God, it's no. waste, right? But I've That's... recovered that, put water on top of it. It does not smell because it's got so much water on top of it. Right. And at the bottom of it, the first, oh, probably two feet is all of the acid that's sitting there. You throw your part in there. You don't have to worry about eating the aluminum. You don't have to worry about eating magnesium, anything like that. A couple of days later, come back, pull it out. It just you got a clean part really wow that's a really good tip i like that <laughs> that's like uh he said like greasy right so i wish somehow customers had like a rolodex of information that you know for like i wish customer etiquette was the thing in powder coating world because <laughs> yeah. um i could tell a, a fucking repeat customer a million times do not bring me stuff with any kind of grease on it like please right. degrease it as best as you can as long as you've tried just please just yeah. try for me oh my god I, I the other day i'm just like you know what? i made a post about it i'm like 
if anybody brings me anything caked with grease again, I'm going to hit you with a $200 degreasing fee. Yeah. There you go. You know, and like, if that doesn't stop people, then cool. I'll take your money because like, I, I'm sorry, but I can't touch it. I've worked 20 years to make my hands this dry so I can touch raw <laughs> substrate and not have any issues. <laughs> I don't want to start now. <laughs> and, and let alone, I wrote a, you know, I wrote a blog it post about it. CAD. You know, I, I spend thousands of dollars on, ge or on, on garnet, um, you know, a month to every two right. months. Right. Like, you think I want to dump a bunch of garnet that's somewhat still usable because right. you didn't want to clean your shit? Right. That's that's one of the nice things about having that. You know, it's it's a it's a waste tank is what it is. And uh, you can throw it in there. You don't have to worry about getting my good. It keeps my yeah. keep your good nice stuff. Good. Yeah. yeah. Keeps it nice and fresh. You get rid of the grease and the junk in this in this scrap tank, more or less. And time is on your side a week later it's stripped and you never had to get into your open up your big tank oh, Rinse yeah. it, you're good to go That's have you guys brilliant. seen the have you guys seen the, i can't remember what it's called there's a there's like a chemical strip company on instagram that does a bunch of reels of them dipping cars and then pressure washing them and stuff i haven't seen that dipping oh, cars that's yeah, right. like they're chemical stripping cars yep. or chem wow. anything and everything you could think of. And it's posted to good music and the dude's really informative and funny and yada yada. I can't, I'm basing his name right now, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, why isn't there powder shops that have, you know, a pretty big enough tank to do a car? So like, think about it. You, you like you could have a your own blast business. You could have your own chemical stripping business on top of like, then you have within the same building your finishing business. You know, like I'm I'm just very surprised that there's not powder shops out there that do have, you know, a pool size strip tank that are also just offering chemical strip to, you know, like the hot rod builders and if they're not wanting to get a car blasted, you know, and I, I do a lot of that. I I will strip a lot of uh parts the guys will just want stuff stripped and they want to wet paint it or they want to you know um some of them some of the manufacturing different people we have they'll want it stripped and then they'll take it back and then they'll you know have to put it in a jig or weld it up or whatnot so i with my tank i've got probably my tank is probably the biggest one uh next to uh i think detroit wheel uh and refurbishing they have i think their tank is I think they have a 10 foot tank, but mine's five foot. So I have about the biggest one here yeah. in Michigan. So I get a lot of that stuff. And yeah, you can, you can build a whole business just off mm -hmm. stripping and a whole business just off blasting and a whole, yeah. you know, and that's kind of how crazy. I set up, um, with three different I guess builds. some of the ones that like when people call us for stripping or blasting, mostly it's blasting, you know, uh, if it's steel, you know, they got to know what they're doing with it after. You know, like, because the minute it's done out of the blast room, if, you know, we try to put an inhibitor on there, right. you know, uh, that we've covered here on the show, one of the ones we use, it'll give you like 72 hours. But a lot of these guys don't realize, okay, as soon as it comes out of the blast room, you got to send it to your painter or yeah. you're, you got to do yeah, something with that. <laughs> you're in a really small time window. Yeah, exactly. What's in the air and more, especially in your guys' environment. Yeah, right. pretty yeah. much. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's fine enough that they call and we get calls all the time. A lot of calls we're getting right now is for mobile blasting um, and stuff. So I'm seeing an uptick with that. It's possible we might be able to get into that fairly easily, but, um, but yeah, not right now. You know, it, it's not enough calls, I guess. So that or just, it's like educating your customer on like, they bring you, you know, a mixture of parts, aluminum, steel, this, that, or the other. And it's like, I think it's one thing I think I've only seen one person preface this in our industry and it's Kaiser because Kaiser's God when it comes to just doing things by the fucking book. But you know, he was touching on like, you can't like, if I have a bunch of steel in the shop that I'm, you know, blasting and coating, I can't just switch to aluminum parts without cleaning out my room. Because all I your media is con yeah. contaminated with carbon. Right. So it's like, I'm I'm a pretty big stickler about that just because I'm a one-band band. I don't mm -hmm. like to redo stuff as much as I don't have to. But it's like, if I got dirty steel coming in, I got a bunch of like burnt media or halfway good media that might be dirty. Yeah, I'll blast the steel with it. But I, it's, if anything's going in my cabinet that's brand new aluminum or any kind of aluminum, that's always a fresh bag of 100 or 80 grit garnet that's going in. Okay. I got a, I got a thing going on with Mike Wood. <laughs> I don't know. That guy. Um, anyways. You guys heard about the, the 100 grit shortage with uh, garnet right now? Mm -mm. No. So uh, my local uh, blasting outfit that i get you know my products from like my I, they sell trinco products they also sell gma garnet and any kind of other blast material you could think of but i was getting hunter grit and it was from a company called i think imperial or i can't remember but apparently the uh whatchamacallit the uh the um the mine that the garnet was coming out of, I guess, was here in Idaho, and they like basically ran out of it. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I did a show with um, G. Uh, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. Not GFS. Um, what's the company we order from? The garnet company out of Texas. GMA. GMA, thank you. It said GMs going GFS. Um, I uh, did an interview with him, and of course, their mines are in uh, Australia. Um, they were pretty That's wild because well a bunch of doesn't a bunch of the pigment that goes in a lot of our powders come from Australia too? Oh, I don't know. Um, I heard that years ago, or maybe it's like Gima or not Gima, but Tiger Drylac or something like that. It's from Australia. Austria. They're from Austria. Austria. I'm going to have, um, I'm, I'm booking in a, a podcast with Kevin Biller from um, ChemQuest. Uh, and uh, he's just retiring now and has a little extra free time. He does the podcast. Yeah. Him and Nathan. So I'm hoping to have them on the show. And my idea there behind the show is to do, you know, do a basic 101 on powders or chemical makeups of powders and formulations and metallics and bonded metallics and the differences, you know, some of the key points that we all need to know about the basics of what we're shooting. 
Um, so I hope to get him on the show real soon. Um, they, uh, yeah, as far as I know, most of theirs are in, they own their own mine. So number one, you have to, you know, like that's how they're supplying and continuing to supply the, the you know, their supply of garnet is um, with their own mines out of Australia. Um, as far as like what, what else was said about the China um, one, I think I covered that with Blast One uh, with Ted, um, what's his name? Joe Taylor, not Joe Taylor, Jeff Taylor, <laughs> Jay's and Joe's and Jeff's. Um, and he, uh, they were, uh, the China stuff isn't as, not coarse, but it's not as, it's fragmented more. It fragments more. It's just not as good a quality. Doesn't have like, doesn't have like eight times impact per edge. Yeah. It's, it's an, it, yeah, it's a sustainability or impact thing. You know, like how many times does it take to, before it breaks um, and stuff. So uh, yeah, so that was, um, I haven't done any more blasting shows from that. I, I felt like I kind of covered the gist of most of the key points um, with the three or four shows that we did on it. Um, but if there's any topics or anything that people want to talk about or have me on the show, I'm always looking for show ideas. I just kind of follow my own, sorry, it's a bug, um, kind of follow my own mind on that, but it just happens. I think what, you know, I think what you're doing for our industry is like, I just, cliche as it sounds it's kind of god's work because we've never had i mean we got like powder coater magazine we got we got certain things in the industry but like i don't get that kind of stuff like i think you're at the forefront of you know just giving everybody a platform to talk on and yeah bullshit or whatever and then you're also just interviewing you're interviewing people that don't necessarily get interviewed like the gema interview that's going to be awesome to listen to like those are the things that like people like me, and I would say a lot of the custom coders, maybe I could be wrong, but you know, like that's kind of information we're looking for. You ask the yeah. dirty nitty gritty questions. You're not scared to, you know, throw shade or call them on their shit. So it's, it's yeah, nice I did a to, little bit. I did a little bit today. It's on the nice. Interview. It's nice to have what you're doing because you're bringing, you're bringing much more awareness than you think you are. And you're just, like I said, you're giving us all a platform to not only, you know, promote ourselves, but just, you know, spread the knowledge that, you know, I can spread knowledge all day, every day, but when I get on here and get to talk, it, it inspires more people to reach out to me. And it's just yeah. a, just a trickling effect. So it's really cool. Yeah. I, I'll tell you when I went to powder coating week, I saw a major uh, change um, in the industry towards me. Um, I wasn't expecting uh, to go through, I mean, like, just through the trade show part or the exhibitor part, everybody was yelling my name. I didn't even know these people, See, and they all hear you're the, the influencer, Kim. You're <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I underestimated the popularity. I mean, I know that you guys all listen to my show, and and I'm so grateful and thankful and stuff. But this was like a head turning moment for me because I realized now the industry is starting to turn and pay attention to me and, and the show and, and what I'm saying and stuff. Yeah. They're listening. And I noticed this because immediately after I'll see something like, uh, for instance, 
I just came out with the, you know, the interview for uh, Pro product finishing magazine where I was interviewed, which I'll tell you, being a guest is hard. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm much more comfortable being the interviewer. Um, but it was a great place for and platform for me to kind of kind of put out where I think I'm at right now in my thinking about the industry. I feel like I'm pretty close to what's really going on, at least in our world. I can't speak for multi-million dollar powder coaters. Uh, but, um, you know, I noticed that I published some social media content of, from the podcast. And then immediately I saw that uh, finishing and coding, now it could have been a coincidence, but finishing and coding, which is um, Tim Pennington, um, who's been on the show, I'd uh, love to have him back. And he, uh, you know, he published an article on a guy who just started four or five years ago at 19, and now he's running a 14,000 square foot shop, you know. Uh, so, you know, that, that to me, I feel like that's a step in the right direction um, to pay, start paying attention. And it's, it's, you know, that was my main comment. Um, I haven't posted it on in, uh, LinkedIn where they all are, but I got enough clout where I think people are hearing about the show and learning more about the show, you know, and I do continue to have expert guests. You know, I've got more in the works that are coming on that are going to talk about some more global issues too as well. So I, I'm I'm encouraged by what I see. I'm happy with the milestones. And I'm hoping by the time we're done publishing this show today, we're so close to 25,000 downloads. Do you know how big that is in podcasting? That is huge. That's huge, lot. huge, huge. Um, it's it's gonna amazing. Like, you're going to get like, uh, you know, like sponsors like BetterHelp and like uh, Manscaped <laughs> and... <laughs> You're going to start making your own like protein pills and like yeah, focus right. pills. Be and, shred. Be shred. Yeah. <laughs> focus 101 for powder coating. Right. Right. Well, yeah. it is, it is nice to see though um, what the, what the podcast has done because it has brought to light um, so many different aspects of the industry. I think, I think Ashton is right. Um, you get to a point where literally you can shoot powder in your sleep. Okay. You literally can't. Right. But can you manage the phone? Can you chemically strip? Can you sandblast? Can you package your customer parts? Can you still shoot that, shoot that part? Can you order that powder that's needed? Can you make your customer's deadline? And all of that aspect is all impacted by, can you get media? Can you get chemical stripper? <laughs> can you get hooks? Can you get uh, parts for your Gima gun or your Wagner gun or your Nordsen or whatever? Those are the things that truly powder coating is not about powder coating. Powder coating is about problem solving and troubleshooting because that's what you do <laughs> all day, every day. Amen. You know, Amen, Rich. I, I, see, I, I knew you would be good to come on the show and you were being all shy. <laughs> I knew you had something to say. <laughs> I, I entered, I mentored under a, uh, a very, very, very uh, well-known powder coder and, and uh, guy had been in the industry a long time. And, and he explained to me in the very beginning, he said, um, listen, I can take the Harbor Freight dual voltage gun and shoot as good as you can with that Gima. He said, once you learn how to powder coat, you learn how to powder coat. He said, that's not the game. 
The game is, is how do you save things? How you troubleshoot? How do you fix things? How you repair your screw up? How do you exactly? You're not a good coder unless you can fix what you fuck up. Yes. It's not about coding. It's about being able to have those off days and still be able to pull it out. What about forgiving yourself for making a mess up? <laughs> no, dude, I just I just had to do that. The guy walks in, grabs the brake calipers I spent the last two days stripping and fucking redoing, and just shakes my hand and walks out. And I'm almost like, fuck. It's such a Yeah. It tests your patience, it tests everything about you to not yeah. you know, fucking lose your shit because you just wasted a <laughs> half a week of wages. Right. Right. Maybe I and should that, make a rehab center. <laughs> Yeah, fucking wayward powder coaters. I'd make a lot more money. (laughs) What is that called when somebody's like, uh, yeah, I'm on suicide watch right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no joke. I know. I think Ross is right there with you. And and it's driving us to kind of think, okay, we need to go to the mainland, you know. We need to start um, branching out with some of our stuff. Run a powder shop in Hawaii with all the all your all your products that you're trying to perform your job with oh are coming God, from the so mainland hard. you yeah. guys it's I, so I don't hard. even want to know what you guys pay in shipping a year <laughs> yeah you know you know so so here's uh i have a i have a phenomenal ppg rep okay i i do i can call him uh today if it were if it were thursday and friday morning the color 50 pound box would be dropped at the shop door with a dozen donuts I mean, uh, dude, their their midnight black, their midnight black is the best gloss black in the yep, industry, in my I, opinion. I, I is started, it? Just started. oh my god, Kim, that shit is what? Okay, I'm gonna go insane. get my PPG catalog um, but, out. But, but you know, just don't I, look at it wrong when you're spraying. Again, um, there's things like that 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 I just take for granted. Oh, I'm I make the call and my rep will have it here tomorrow. You you've got to wait what uh, two weeks. Oh, okay. So let me give you an example yeah, of my, what it's I stopped, okay. I stopped getting it. I stopped <laughs> ordering PPG because it was taking them two fucking months to get me a 50 pound box. Oh my gosh. So last week, a contract, very large contractor called me with an urgent job, bidded it. No big deal. Okay. We're ready to go. We got to have it done. It's for a restaurant. You know, it's probably some punch list item that they didn't do or, you know, messed up on or something so i i i the uh powder supplier i ordered it (coughs) special order kind of because we didn't have this color in so ordered it and out of california and i don't know what happened with their systems but whatever happened it all went down and went to shit so uh i my rep said it would be there so i ordered it friday my rep said it'd be there Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. That that's normal. Like I, I could handle that one. Right. Cause we, you know, we're ready to kind of, we're ready for the powder to show up and be start the job. I call on, uh, I call on Thursday cause it didn't show up on Wednesday. And I'm like, uh, so do you have a tracking on this? And oh my God, they didn't ship it. They forgot or I got back, they got backlogged or I don't know, whatever happened. So now you ordered it too late I'm having to wait a shit. whole nother week 
it was bad. And I was charging him, I was charging the guy extra money for powder because we were kind of paying more for it, supposedly. Anyways, it was just a nightmare, but um, we got through it and it was okay. But I know my rep felt bad. And, uh, you know, now we've got this job on Kauai, uh, a whole elevator can't be installed or put together because everything got damaged in shipping. So he gave me the color. Um, fortunately, it's with a regular coating supplier that I use, powder supplier. They're shipping it on a aircraft, you know, like our inner island airfare. Uh, they're shipping it there. I haven't gotten the call yet. I'm surprised I haven't gotten it, but it should be coming from Kauai and should be arriving at some point today. They had to put it on two different planes because one plane couldn't take the top or the bottom of whatever because it's steel it's so heavy it's too much for their system so they most of the other parts were on one thing and and then we've got to turn around and get it i said your stuff's going to get here before the powder does so (laughs) you know um but yeah that was that was a lot and the guy's just like here's my american express card fix it (laughs) okay yeah sir (laughs) yeah it's one of those so you're like a brand new atlas copo air compressor (laughs) we need this to do we need to do (laughs) charge just enough for that yeah exactly yeah right yeah well you guys i gotta get out of here i got yeah it's been a great show no this is perfect timing it's awesome and we talked about a lot of different things and shared a lot of different ideas and i i think that we could be onto something if we could make it work you know, Especially if you, you keep the these like little open round tables going like every Friday or yeah, whatever, kind of like what I said in the past, like I, if I got time, I'll hop in. And if I always got the invite, I'll hop in on them and yeah, we can just kind of keep the, keep the conversation know, going, you know? Yeah. Keep the conversation sure. going. And then it also just kind of keeps, uh, you know, with us being in the industry and, you know, whatever we are labeled as, I think, you know, it's, nice to hear the news or whatever we know broken from us kind of people instead of you know hearing it to the grapevine or or, or whatever the the main source of information you're getting from it this is kind of like now 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 it's you know yeah. instead of waiting around for a magazine to come out every month <laughs> right 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 it's true and yeah. um i think we all have something to share that is far different from the main industry the, the narrative that the industry is giving us, they can only give us their perspective, but we have something different to share, share and offer. And we owe it to our community to be able to, to share it amongst ourselves so that well, new coders can come. Well, and, and to, to, the, to take that a little further, you've got to remember that a, that a true custom coder sees everything from an industrial piece of steel to a, a three-piece wheel that what needs to be two-toned, okay? To a glider that needs to be rebuilt and metal cut out and metal brazed back in and then, uh, you know, EPO strong and OGF <laughs> primer. And, you know, so you see everything. So a, a true custom coat shop sees everything. Yeah. Most custom coders can walk into any industrial shop and boom, they're off and running, right? Show me oh, yeah. what do we got. No problem. Okay, it's, it's like kind of like my favorite thing to do is <laughs> go into a big, you know, industrial shop and walk circles around people. It was my favorite pastime. <laughs> but, but on that same token, you know, we take industrial coders and go to 
tell them, okay, so you you know you gotta you gotta build the the mill thickness up on this glider because it's got the pitting is so bad and they want this museum quality and it needs to be sanded and then you gotta run your zinc on it or your your you know whatever epoxy primer you're gonna whatever yeah. you know they they're they're lost so there really is two different worlds out there there, there really is. is yeah and, I do not I do not miss those days of reading an invoice sheet and you know we were doing stuff for this company called Revamp that was making all these fancy like cutout panels for like they go in and they re you know remodel like high-end skyscraper buildings or whatever right mm-hmm. and the, i i remember like walking into the booth those days and like reading the the invoice sheet and it's like calling for three mils of primer and then it's calling for three mils of top coat and that's like there can't be any window framing there can't be any imperfections like those days when you were told you have to spray by spec those are some of the most stressful, sure, like under the gun moments. And like, that's, those are the days where you're second guessing yourself. And I would like to figure out, you know, what is a, the best way to train uh, a coding applicator to understand like what three mils or what two and a half mils looks like when you're, right. you know, like when you're visually primer, visually, yeah, visually, yeah. visually. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily visually, obviously it's a lot of how the powder is talking to you like a lot of people will say oh more fuzz more fuzz but more fuzz just means back ionization in my opinion mm. so like there's there needs to be those barriers that's a great topic but, but you know like bounced off of and like you know like me and him could go back and forth like how many passes are you getting like yeah right. those right. aren't the things that are talked about those aren't the things right. of like you need to be counting your fucking passes especially if yeah. you're spraying multiple parts of the same part <laughs> yes Yes. Uh, and, and I don't care if you're not reaching our preferred mill spec within 0.5, because like when it comes to top coat, we can always go more. But I would say, you know, there, there's there's that window that, you know, there is that effort that could be distributed and like become more of like a mandatory thing. And what you learn as you put the time in behind the gun and shooting powder is you get an eye. Almost. For- Right, you get an eye. You get Second an eye. nature, and you yeah. can look at it, and you know when you're light. You know when you're heavy. You know exactly how many. And it's, I don't know when when I was taught, and and my mentor said, "You'll know." Okay, and I'm like, "What do you mean? How will I know?" You'll like, feel it. You will know. You will you will see it. You will feel it. You will know. And you know what? Five years later, I know what he. Yeah. I, I know what that is. You know. Yeah. So the main thing is, is, is like, if you can't see it, you need to spray a couple passes and don't shine your flashlight straight at the product, but hold it hold, like along the product so you can see like, the peaks and valleys of the powder. So then like, okay, do one pass, look at it, do another pass, look at it. And then you're watching the powder talk to you beyond passes. Like a lot of people, I would say like, they want to go in and they want to spray Faraday areas first or if it's a channeled piece and they're wanting to spray the faraday area first like dude just avoid like don't even think about it right don't even think about it work the part and then bounce into it and you would be surprised you don't need to sit there and try to beat the living hell out of that corner this is the kind of stuff that we could present in a course or or live live stuff you know or even just talking here but i mean this is you know it's stuff that is very hard to teach 
right. you know, even well, and talk I could about sit it. Here and we could, t- we could say it time and time again, but mm-hmm. I think up until people, I mean, I've had, how many people have ever told you you need to drink water? Right. <laughs> and then one person that influences you or you're kind of enamored with, and they tell you, you need to drink water, you need to do this. And you'll find yourself actually doing it at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of kind of funny, you know, but I, I think it's a little, also like there needs to be somebody talking about what we're talking about and also displaying that with good, with yes. a good cameraman behind it. Yeah. To really show what we're trying to get at. Because then right. then all these people that are having problems, all it takes is one video and one person to to relay it in layman's terms and they're boom, light bulb goes off. And they're like, Oh, I know what they're talking about now. Right. That's kind of what we were thinking about if we if we do kind of make a move is to, you know, and we're not saying leave Maui Powderworks. They're, we're not gonna do that, but you know, like expand to the mainland to kind of get some of our products launched a little better. Maui Powder University. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. Okay. I want you guys to have a beautiful weekend. All right, Kim. That was good talking to you guys. Have a, have a good, good weekend. Good talking to you, Ashton. Talk you too. See ya. Hey, hit me up on Instagram so I know uh, what, you, what you to follow back. Right on. Rags to riches, baby. Rags to riches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. See Bye you later. later. Bye.